Uh, is this thing still on? It's been a while. This show's been on hiatus for a couple of months. I told you that Doug and I were going to put something together, the likes of which you had not ever seen before, and I still plan to do that. But it's not going to happen in the immediate future because I've got bigger things on my plate right now. So what I wanted to do was, well, something. And uh, Doug and I started talking, and he said, Hey, um, hey, remember the Deeper Thought podcast you did a couple of years ago? Doug and I decided that we could go through some of those episodes. Over the next several weeks, several months, you're going to get access to what you previously weren't able to. Hopefully, this little provocation will help you sell something that you haven't sold before. And uh, stay tuned for these episodes as they drop week over week. I think you're going to take something away from them. I know you're going to be entertained by them. And uh, I just, I can't wait to talk to you again real soon. My name's Jeff Bajoric, and my career in sales has been a hell of a ride. And I want to bring you along with me. If you prefer to sell things at a premium, if you never want to win a deal on price, rethink the way you sell. Welcome back to the show. My name's Jeff Bajoric. I'm your host, and I'm here to help you rethink the way you sell. Today, I'm going to lay out a new strategy for you, a new holistic approach to managing your territory. We're going to make business development as easy as it can be. Look, selling is hard, but it doesn't need to be any harder than it needs to be. And I'm going to give you a framework today to take a look at your territory from a different perspective that is really going to provide you with some new insights. And you're going to look at the way you grow your business a lot differently. Now, this is a framework I've developed over the last couple of years. Uh, it's very simple to me. I'll tell you the origin story of it in a minute. But when I deliver it to clients, when I deliver it to audiences, I always get people leaning back, putting their hand on their face and saying, wow, I never thought about it this way. To me, it was really simple, really intuitive. But what I'm finding is that it's also very impactful. This is one of the things that helped me in my territory management days, if you will. And I know it can help you as well. Now, I'm going to tell you, if you're a full cycle sales rep, you're going to take a lot out of today. No question about it. And I don't want you to go anywhere, though. Hold on a second. If you're an SDR or if you're in customer success or if you're an owner or maybe a VP level, maybe you're not uh, you know, selling in the day-to-day -day so much anymore. I don't want you to go anywhere because this is an opportunity for you to bring your entire team together and figure out how to manage this framework as a team if you don't do it as an individual. This is going to help your communication. This is going to help, again, your perspective. And that perspective is going to have you look at your accounts in a different light. Again, selling doesn't need to be any more difficult than it already is. Take a look at what you've got in front of you. Take a look at the accounts that are growable. Take a look at the accounts that are not so growable. Take a look at the accounts that are accessible and not so accessible. And I just gave you my matrix there. I just gave you my framework. And uh, if you are um, listening to this, uh, I'm going to suggest that you go and find the blog article that I have linked to in the show notes. I actually wrote this framework out probably 2,500, 3,000 words a few months ago. So the entire framework is available on the website. I'll have the link in the show notes. Um, or I would also suggest that maybe you find this episode on YouTube or you find it in the Spotify video feed. If you're in Spotify or a Spotify listener, I have two feeds for this show. And one has just the audio like you would expect for a podcast. The other has the video because I record all these episodes now on video after uh, I believe it was season three when I started doing that. So you've got 
the opportunity to really see the visuals here. They're pretty engaging, and I think the visual aids will help you understand uh, not only what I'm trying to do, but also the parallels that I drew it from. So um, a couple of years ago, this was uh, actually several years ago now, it was 2019, I was at Outbound in the spring, and I was listening to my friend Mike Weinberg talk about uh, growing your business. And really from a management standpoint, making sure that you're holding your reps accountable to uh, their growth. Right? Which accounts this month have you created? Which accounts have you advanced? And which accounts have you closed? Right. And so from a manager rep meeting standpoint, getting some progress updates here, what does the pipeline look like? And one of the things that he was talking about from a planning standpoint was how, which accounts are you approaching that are growable? I started thinking about growable. I said, wow, I, there are a lot of reps out there and a lot of companies out there that talk about new logos versus existing clients. Um, but I mean, what about the existing clients that are growable? What about new logos that might not be as growable as you think? And when I started thinking about growable, um, I also started thinking about accessible. So I took that little nugget, that little seed that Mike planted in the back of my head. And uh, a couple of days later, I was just sketching some things out. And I said, well, what about if we took that time management matrix from Covey and we changed it. Instead of urgent and important, we made it growable and accessible. And so if, again, if you're not watching this right now, then you can picture that matrix, just, you know, a vertical axis, a horizontal axis, and uh, th that's where we're going to go. I want to plot these new factors now, not just growability and accessibility, or I'm sorry, not just urgency and importance. We're going to plot growability and accessibility on these axes, and this is going to give you the perspective that you want, the perspective that you need to help you understand the best way to approach your accounts in your territory. What I've got on the screen right now is Covey's classic time management matrix. Some of you might recognize this as an Eisenhower matrix. If you're not from the U.S., you probably don't know who President Eisenhower was. But anyway, this is a tried and true principle. I first saw it in Covey's book, but it clearly wasn't his. This is something that has been around for years. Uh, so just, you know, credit the appropriate people. It's not mine. We'll leave it at that. <laughs> so you've got on the vertical axis at the top, you've got importance. And at the bottom, you've got not important. Uh, on the left, you've got urgent. And on the right, you've got not urgent. And what I'm going to do is run through this here. Quadrant one is the top left. These are the things that are urgent and important. From a time management standpoint, these are the things that you have to get to. They're right in front of you. They pop up. Um, and you know they're important enough to address right away. So this is the time management that you really don't have any access to. This is the stuff that you have to get to because it is urgent and important. This is where your priorities go during the day. Now, the second quadrant is the upper right. These are the things that are important but not urgent. That is the stuff that we tend to put on hold. That is the stuff that we say, yeah, I'm going to get to that. I know I got to get to that later. Okay, this is the time where we really develop ourselves. This is the, these are the activities and the things that we do that make us better people, that, that help us improve over the long run. But since everything that is urgent is popping up in front of us, we don't tend to spend enough time here. Speaking of urgency, quadrant three is in the lower left. These are the things that are urgent but not important. And Covey used to call this the quadrant of deception because things that are urgent may often appear important. 
And I know I'm guilty of this. I don't like red circles on my phone. I don't like notifications that need to be cleared. I don't like unread emails. I don't like those things. So, you know, it's just, it's quick. Let me run through it. What you find is that if you're constantly distracted by all the little things, by all the notifications, by the things that pop up in front of you, but really aren't that important, well, you don't have enough time to spend in quadrant one and quadrant two. (laughs) You don't have time to spend on the things that are actually important. So we have to watch this. Quadrant four, well, these are the things that are not urgent and not important. These are largely time wasters. Okay, so we're not going to spend a lot of time here. You know what this is. This is your you know, quick refresher on the Eisenhower matrix or uh, Covey's time management matrix. But to use that as a model, to use that as a framework, I took my growability and accessibility factors and I plotted them on the same quadrants. And what you'll find is this is a territory management um uh, analogy to the time management uh, example that I just gave you. So what are the accounts in quadrant one? These are accounts that are growable and accessible. As a seller, you need to be spending as much time here as possible. These are the accounts that have opportunities in them for you to grow, whether it's new opportunities and new um, potential uh, accounts, or these are existing accounts where you can get more wallet share. Okay, so that's what growability means. Is there money there for us to take, right? Is there money there for us to earn? I'm not taking anything, but is there a market share or, or wallet share for us to take? So whether they're new or they're old doesn't matter. I mean, if you've got a brand new account that you could potentially be doing a million dollars in business with, then that's a really nice looking account. But if you have an existing account that is already familiar with you and you can do four more million dollars worth of business with, well, even though that's technically an old account, I wouldn't call that $4 million old business. That's all still new opportunity. So let's stop looking at new logos versus old logos. Let's just talk about growability. Whether that is market share or wallet share, doesn't matter. That is revenue that we can earn. We can build the trust, we can build the relationships, and we can win that money. That's what we're trying to do. We're salespeople, okay? So that's how I want you to think about growability. Quadrant one is more toward the left of the screen. Those are the accounts that we have more access to. Quadrant two, those are the ones that we don't have access to. So I want you to think about what quadrant two represents. Remember how I was talking during Covey's uh, quadrants about how this is long-term growth, this is personal development, maybe it's professional development. It's that stuff that we know we need to do, but we don't necessarily feel like getting to right away. Yeah, sounds a little bit like prospecting, doesn't it? Sounds a little bit like that stuff that we know will feed the lifeblood of our business, but it's hard It's a little boring sometimes. It requires a lot of patience. It requires a lot of diligence and persistence. It requires a a, a lot of discipline. This is where we tend to skip. No, I can't. I've got too much stuff. I I have have new accounts that I have to, uh, I have new opportunities from existing accounts. I've got all this growable stuff that I need to get to that I already have access to. I don't need to worry about access in the future. Or I can't afford right now to spend time about building more access to more accounts in the future. This is the quadrant two that you have been avoiding in every aspect of your life. That's why I love the analogy here. 
So we know we need to spend more time there. The question is how? And how do you spend more time in Quadrant 2 when you've got all these happy customers that you need to maintain relationships with? Wait a second, Jeff. I can't go prospecting for new accounts and leave my existing accounts alone. There's a lot of revenue in this territory. I can't just abandon it. They'll find somewhere else to go do business. Quadrant 3 are those accounts that are accessible, but by definition, not very growable. To me, this represents your favorite customers. These are the ones that they love you. You walk in the back door. You've got the security code, <laughs> you know, to the office. You're there so often. You're so trusted. You're so beloved that they're giving you as much access as you could possibly want and then some. And it feels good to be there and you know you've got all of the business or as much of the business as you can possibly get. And so it just feels like home. And after a long day of prospecting, after getting your teeth or your teeth kicked in, rather, uh, where do you want to go? Well, where everybody knows your name and they want to see you. Really easy to spend time at these places. The problem is your job as a sales rep is to grow. And these accounts, by definition, are not very growable. My contention is that you can spend half the time with these accounts that you do and keep all of the business. You can probably spend half the time with these accounts that you already do, but still keep all the business. The problem is you're telling yourself that you have to be there. You have to spend that time. They'll miss you if you're gone and they'll start thinking of somebody else. That is self-protective behavior and it's not always true. So this is why it's so important. If you go back a couple of episodes when I gave you five great questions for killer customer conversations, these are the customers that you should be having those conversations with. And what are the three things that happen when you have those conversations? You build a better relationship with those people, which is always a good thing. You learn the uh, things that you need to do more of as well as the things that you need to do less of in order to keep their business. If you're paying attention, you'll know why they continue to buy and you'll recognize that man, maybe you're doing some stuff that doesn't really move the needle. You're just telling yourself you need to do it. That's where freeing up that time, that's where that, that freed up time rather comes from if you're paying attention. And the other thing that you get are the exact messages and wording and, and reasons that they buy so you can go find more customers like them. Think about how powerful that is. And if you take it a step further, you can ask these people for referrals and introductions to people who can be very similar to them, for people you can serve in the similar way that you're serving them. So what does that translate to in terms of this, uh, you know, this matrix here? Basically, what it means is that you're, the conversations you have with the people in Quadrant 3 when you learn what to do more of and what to do less of, you free up time to spend in quadrant two. When you learn from the messaging that you've used, when you learn from the messaging that your best customers will give you, that is the cheat code to reach the, the, the customers, the accounts in quadrant two, and hopefully earn more access to move them from quadrant two over into quadrant one. And, Ultimately, if you're willing to ask for those referrals, well, now maybe your best customers in Quadrant 3 know somebody who you might be thinking of in Quadrant 2, and they can give you the access that moves that account over from Quadrant 2 into Quadrant 1. 
Maybe they know someone you haven't even thought of, isn't even on your radar. And all of a sudden, they can walk you into that office or maybe you buy dinner or lunch or a coffee or whatever for that introduction. And now all of a sudden, someone who wasn't even on your radar is in Quadrant One and they've got an issue that you can help them resolve and they've got money that they can spend with you. This is where business development gets easy, as easy as it can possibly get, certainly as simple as it can possibly get. But you are using your Quadrant 3 relationships in the wrong ways for the wrong reasons. So I, I want you, if you got to stop, if you got to pause right now, maybe you got to rewind a couple of minutes and listen to what I just told you. Listen to it again. If you have existing relationships and you are not leveraging them for at least the messaging that they can help you with, you're missing out. And if you're not willing to ask them for referrals, you're missing out even more. And at the very least, recognize that if you need to spend, if you know you need to spend your time on growable accounts, the only place that time can come from, if it's not your family or your personal life, is from the existing accounts. And recognize that your best accounts can see you a lot less if you focus on the really important stuff when you do see them, and that'll free up your time. Now, I want you to stay with this visual here because I've got a, a very tangible way to help you identify which accounts go in which, okay? And before we get there, just for symmetry's sake and because um, I'm a bit of a, a math geek, uh, Quadrant 4 has to be filled out here. We need to put something in Quadrant 4, but realistically, they're not growable, nor are they accessible. They don't want to see you. You don't want to see them. For symmetry purposes here, I got to fill out the fourth quadrant, but this is really not anything you need to pay attention to. Very similar to the quadrant of waste in Covey's example. You don't need to spend any time there, as little time as possible. And I think about this in terms of trade shows and, and some of the other things. You should know who you want to see, should know who you want to find at those trade shows. You should have a plan. Um, and certainly in your territory plan, if someone's not growable, there's no reason to knock on their door. Okay. So let's look at, uh, if you pay attention here, the slide I just uh, put up there, there is a numerical value on these axes. And, you know, look, my, my math teachers in high school would be upset with me because, you know, normally the center of the X and Y axes is at zero and it goes out from there, either positive or negative. But for the purposes of this demonstration, I want you to think of these uh, uh, major, I'm sorry, I want you to think of these axes less as lines and really just more as segments, okay? But I want you to take your top 20 accounts and I want you to score them on a score of, or on a, a scale of zero to 10 in terms of how growable they are and how accessible they are. Okay, so in one column, you've got the name of your account. In the next column, you've got how growable they are and on a scale of 0 to 10. And the column after that, I want you to think about how accessible they are on a scale of 0 to 10. And then basically in the middle of your matrix, think of that middle point as being 5, 5, right? Uh, 10 in terms of growability is at the top. A zero in terms of growability is at the bottom. A 10 in terms of accessibility is on the left. And a zero in terms of accessibility is on the right. And basically, I just want you to plot those points. And what you're going to find is in black and white in front of you or colors if you want to, right in front of you, you are going to see because you've identified these are the accounts that are in quadrant one, quadrant two, quadrant three, 
and hopefully there aren't any in Quadrant 4. If they're one of your top accounts, they're not going to be in Quadrant 4. So now what you've got is a new perspective of who you need to pay more attention to, who you need to put a little more long-term diligence into, and who you need to have some vulnerable, very productive conversations with so you can hopefully get some progress up in Quadrants 1 and Quadrants 2. What do you think about this? As you go back, and again, maybe I'll ask you to pause here, go watch the video if you're not. If you're watching the video, maybe stop and think about that a little bit. Go to your, you know, little, your, your columns there. Go to your sheet, and, and what do you notice? What does this new perspective give you? Where do you need to spend more of your time? Who do you need to focus a little bit more on? Something like this, taking what you know and just reorganizing it in a slightly different way, it just it, sometimes it's just enough to shake the cobwebs loose and give you a new way to approach what it is that you do for a living in this case. And look, from a single territory manager standpoint, it's all pretty straightforward. You have access to all of these accounts, and, and you are working with them all on your own. It's really simple. There's no additional communication to worry about there. You know what's going on, and hopefully you're keeping track of this stuff in your CRM. If you work on a segmented team, well, now there's some communication. Like if you're an SDR, you want the best messaging possible to find new accounts and create new opportunities for your AEs or wherever you pass the opportunities to. But that messaging comes from someone who's in customer success, someone who's got the access and also the relationship where you can have that meaningful conversation that will give you that messaging that will hopefully lead to those introductions. So conceptually, this is what needs to be done. It's simpler for one person to do it, certainly a lot more complicated for more people to do it, but that doesn't mean that it doesn't work for a team versus an individual. Now, how often should you do this? How often should you refresh your memory and your strategy as it relates to this? I would suggest at least once a quarter, probably once a month. Depending on how quick your sales cycle is, maybe once a week. But I think that if you did this once a month, maybe the beginning of the month, and you said, all right, where do I need to focus this month as I'm planning? And what do those four weeks look like, those 21, you know, on average business days? What do those look like? Where do they need to be? Where do I need to spend my time? And then what has changed over the last month so that I can recalibrate? This is a simple exercise. Just Rescore your opportunities and then make sure you execute on that plan. This is a very visual, very graphical way to represent your new strategy and a really, really good way to use a team meeting. I mean, this is 30 minutes in a team meeting, really simple. And then, you know, at the end, if you're a leader, at the end, show of hands, who learned something? You know, who's got two new hot prospects that they didn't even realize they had until they scored them? This is really powerful, and I think you should try it. So let me know what you think. 
Leave a comment on the video. Uh, shoot me an email, jb at jeffbajoric.com. You can go into rethinktheWayYouSell.com. This podcast is a course in rethinktheWayYouSell.com. So you can comment on each of the episodes if you want. There can be really good discussion going on there in a safe place where it's not the wild west of the internet and social media and all that. But um, I just I love what this framework does in terms of perspective and looking at seeing opportunities, maybe even old opportunities for almost the first time again. So that's what I'm going to challenge you to do. I want you to let me know how it goes for you. Um, while I'm at it too, I want to do a quick plug here. Uh, my friend Kelly Riggs has a new sales podcast. It's called Sales Untraining. Uh, there's four or five episodes by now, I believe, when you're listening to this. Um, and he is doing a killer job. Like I love Kelly's vibe. I love the energy of the show. Doug Branson, who produces my show, also produces Kelly's, uh, which is what made me really pay some attention to it. And I've always been a big fan of both of those guys. And uh, I think you will too. So check out Sales Untraining. I'll make sure it's linked um, in the show notes here as well. And uh, I'm looking forward to next week's episode because we're moving from how to know your best customers and we're moving into knowing your sales process, which is something I've got a lot of feelings on and something a lot of you have a lot of feelings on. And I'm hoping to provide yet again, a little different perspective on how to move through it because the science of selling cannot be ignored. It's different from the art of selling. And we're going to talk a little bit more about next. Sorry, we're going to talk a little bit more about that next week, and I'll talk to you then. Rethink the way you sell is a pot about it production. It's mixed and edited by Doug Branson, with music by Blue Dot Sessions and Doug Branson. This podcast is masterminded by Jeff Bajoric.